The Midwest Film Nerds podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free Stitcher Radio app from the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. Today we're going to be talking about a little bit of film news, and then we're going to do a full review of Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice. Before we get to that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Write to us. Let us know what you think of the show or what we were talking about. Go to at, uh, talk to us on Twitter at MFN Podcast. We're also on Instagram by that name. Search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine to find us there. And give us a call, 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. We will discuss it. Or you can send us an MP3 via email. Or go to MidwestFilmNerds.com. Find all of our previous shows with full show notes, including timestamps, so you can skip things that you don't want to hear, like spoilers. But we're going to go right into film news. So today, not today, a little while ago, we got word that the Netflix Wet Hot American Summer Show has started filming. What? Yeah. What's happening? That's the thing? And nearly yeah. every single cast member is back. You're shitting me. Everybody, no. like Bradley Cooper's back, Amy Poehler's there. Everybody, are you, are you serious? I am 100% serious. That's really fucking cool. I think, awesome? I think even Janine Garofalo and David Hyde Pierce are in it. Yep, yep, no shit. Absolutely, that's that's see, this is this never happens. I don't know. Yeah, this is good. I'm happy. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, so everybody's returning. It's going to be an eight episode series. Um, damn, who knows if there's going to be more or not? I would assume they might just do eight and call I'd, it. I'd day, be good with just is eight. David Wayne yeah. directing? Yes, yep. Wow, Wayne and Shel Walter awesome. there, of course. They're writing. Yeah. That's great. That's great news. It's so good. It's totally awesome. I'm, I'm totally done. I mean, it's it, like, even if it sucks, like, it doesn't matter because yeah. that movie's still going to be a classic. That movie's etched into being a classic. Nothing can taint it. So even if for some reason this isn't good, which I, I think it will be, but. Yeah. It's just insane. Is Maloney back? Uh, yes. That's he right. has to be. So is uh, H. John Benjamin as the voice of the can of vegetables. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're shitting me. No. Yeah, everybody from like 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 pretty up, much everybody like Margaret Moreau and all them. Margaret like Moreau's back. No Zach shit. Orth, Eighty miles. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna Joe Latrulio. Joe Latrulio. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, Ken Marino. Ken Marino, of course. Who's who's, who's a fan favorite? Yeah. Around the, this podcast. Yep. It'll be so cool to see all those people like that are like super successful now because I think almost everybody there is successful. Yeah. To like come back to kind of this early days thing for them. It's oh, insane. And just having fun. That, that was the comment in the Slashville article. They're like, this this uh, this cast didn't sound nearly as impressive ten years when it, however well, no. long ago I think it like was thirteen years ago. Yeah, thirteen years ago when it actually 15. came out. Who were the only big? Act- I mean, Janine Garofalo was had made movies. So David she Hyde Pierce was yep. known for Frasier. Yeah. Like, that was it, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Like Maloney hadn't done the Law and Order gig yet. No, I don't think so. Just kind of what he's the more well known for. Polar and Cooper weren't weren't that. No, Paul, Rudd Paul Rudd's gonna doing, be in it. Yeah. No shit. Oh every, my god. Every, this like, is exciting. Everybody's coming, this is really exciting. Like it's a shorter list to go who isn't coming back, but I didn't like I, the article that I looked at didn't even have like that. No, because it's pretty much it's so impressive that it's pretty much everybody. Yeah. I really hope that the show basically takes place like the next summer, but they're all significantly older, <laughs> but they don't acknowledge the fact that they all look significantly older. I think it'll it'll probably be about. At the end of the movie, when they say, let's all meet back in like 10 years, yeah. I yeah. think it'll probably be about that, because yeah. they kind of built that, that make, in. You're right. That makes sense. Yeah. It'd be funnier, And though. they had the funny like flash forward to them when they're all older, and I hope they're all in the same wardrobe, and it's just <laughs> like really still 90s fashion, but... It'd be really funny if they did, a, if it was like a prequel series. <laughs> <laughs> they're younger. Yeah. It's the year before. 
As long as there's a lot of Lover Boy on the soundtrack again, probably will be. I'm ready for it. Yeah, yeah. They got eight, epi- eight episodes to play with, so there's a lot of Lover Boy to choose from. So, yeah. awesome, awesome, fantastic. Uh, next up on the docket, when is that coming out? Real quick, did they say if it's 2015 or 16? I 16? don't think they have a date out there yet. It's probably going to be fall of this year if it's shooting. It, that's entirely pot. Like I think it could appear anywhere. It probably depends on like, because let's see. Yeah, Netflix just we're getting new it. new House of Cards is coming at some point soon. It, it might depend on everything that's coming out. They might hold on to it. I'd be willing to bet it's going to be fall because Daredevil drops in April, and then there's not going to be another uh, Marvel till next year. Yeah, at best. But they got they have like they have a bunch of other shows that they try to give some space to too. Like even like the new ones. Orange is the New Black should be back on. Orange is the New Black will be back at some point. But I think right now the only one that has a release date besides Daredevil, which I suppose we can go to next is House of Cards, which will be coming back soon. I think they just released a trailer today. But hmm. So Daredevil has an April 10th. Uh, is that what I said? Yes, April 10th uh, release date on Netflix. That's when all 13, 13 episodes are going to drop that day. It's either 10 or 13. 13 seems right. I think it's 13. Either I, way. I thought I remembered it being more than 10, but I didn't know if it was like 12 or 13. 13's... I think it's 13. What do you guys think? Are, I, you, are you taking the day off of work to watch them oh, all? Oh, no, I am. Yeah, no, it's going to happen. Like, <laughs> the thing, you know, I was a little bit, when I first heard they were doing these shows on Netflix, I was hesitant, um, partially because I'd never seen anything that was Netflix produced. Yeah. So I had nothing to, I mean, I, I'd heard great things. I, actually, I don't think I've, I still don't think I've seen anything that's Netflix <laughs> produced. I have House of Cards. I just haven't watched it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, um, I was hesitant, especially with Iron Fist, you know, because I'm a huge fan. And, yeah. You know, as exciting as that many hours of Iron... What is it, 13 hours? Yeah. Of Iron Fist sounds, I was like, that's a TV thing. So, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm like, all in now, I think. And it, which is weird, because I haven't really seen anything from the show. Like, none of the stills or any of that stuff have, made, have, have been mind-blowingly awesome. But for some reason, I feel like this is going to be something special. The one still is cool, but the rest, I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I feel like they should have like cut together a trailer by now, maybe. I'm thinking we'll get one soon. It should be soon, yeah, but... I, we, I'd be have to soon, I would think, because yeah. it's not that far out. But I'm excited. I, like, I think this is going to be... If they're able to keep themselves separated from what's going on in the movies and, and really focus on the fact that these are uh, street-level guys and they're not involved in Infinity Gauntlet Madness <laughs> and they're not involved in cosmic cubes and all that crap like if they remember that that that's what makes these characters special then we're good it'll be interesting and i i think it it would still be cool if daredevil's involved a little bit in civil war and like maybe not in the movie but just like there's that's some kind of effect that's being bandied about i'd be fine yeah i'd be fine with like a uh, maybe an episode dedicated to him dealing with that but i wouldn't want a whole season of him you know what I no mean? yeah no i wouldn't want to spend too much time on it i think there's there's just the daredevil character and the, the story i can't read comics from the 60s i think me and nick were talking about this just recently yeah mm-hmm. um but the daredevil comics are actually surprisingly readable even for their time period yeah the early stuff because i think there was a sophistication of the character and and uh i think stanley was really passionate about that character because he was a blind superhero and he yeah. found that very interesting I don't know. I, I there's there's a wealth of Daredevil stories to be told. For somebody with a horrible rogues gallery, he's got some great <laughs> stories. So um, I'm excited because I have I don't have that much exposure. I haven't even seen the Daredevil movie. I think you should read some. I yeah. do. I mean, I, 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 this isn't based on any specific storylines. They've said that much. So yeah. 
I think you, you definitely should read Born Again. There's no question. I think Nick would 110% agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's... I have the, two copies of it. Okay. No, you gave me one. Did I? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Willie has my other copy of it. Not <laughs> that you read or anything, but... <laughs> Daredevil Yellow is really good. For Daredevil Yellow is so good. It's probably the best of the color series. Yeah. Um, that's the thing about Daredevil, though, is he's been written so many different ways. Like, he has been written as the darkest, mm-hmm. darkest, saddest, most, like browbeaten by life character and then he's been written especially recently as a much more like uplifting fun living fun loving like swashbuckling like good time having like people helping out kind of guy interesting he's you moved on like, too quickly i couldn't ask if the dark thing was a blind joke if what you saying it was really dark was a blind joke uh, no the bendis okay. run is really good too mm-hmm. pretty much front to back and i'm not a huge bendis fan but he nails that character yeah, I've read some of the recent stuff that like Mark Wade is writing and it's good. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it's very interesting and it's very the cool thing about when Daredevil gets paired with a really good writer is that they find really innovative ways to showcase his powers and yeah. like the way he perceives the world and clever solutions he has to certain problems and so it's I'll be really curious to see if the show can tap into that. I did hear one rumor about the show. It's not really a spoiler or anything, but I just heard that the actual like red daredevil costume that we all know, like the costume is not even in the first season. Hmm. If that's the case, color me disappointed. Um, Cause I would, it needs to be in there at some point. I, I've think. heard it's, it's, it's in there. Is it? But okay. it's not, but I've heard it's not until a ways in probably like episode 13 or something. Uh, I hope it's a little sooner than that, but it might be. I mean, the look of the like Frank Miller costume yeah. is cool. Like that's, that makes sense that he has like a low rent and it'd be funny if he had the yellow one from his dad's like old boxing uniform would right. be kind of cool, but I'm really excited. Daredevil's got a wealth of really cool stories and D'Onofrio you know, should kill it. Too. Oh yeah. yeah. That, and, and it'll be really nice to see what kind of tone they set. And if these Netflix Marvel things are really going to work out, if it can make me excited for the future ones, I just wish they weren't coming out so far apart. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be 2019 before we see Iron Fist. That, that's, that's, that's a the, bummer to me. That's Huge. the really weird thing about them dropping them all at once. Like, they should they be coming it, out in like every six months. If we had it spaced out where that there's like 13 episodes and this ends and then we're only six months away from another. Cause that's, how the timing might be close to working out, but we should, in my yeah, in my opinion, we should have Jessica Jones by the end of the year. But that's the, just my just the way that they do it. Think think about it. They filmed thirteen hours of a TV show. No, I totally get it. It's just it's it's frustrating. I think I wish yeah. they would have gotten rolling on the next one a little I, bit. I totally agree. But if if the quality is there and and it, I don't know. They're we'll probably see. waiting to see how this one goes and, Maybe. and if it. You know, if their investment will have any kind of return. Yeah, if we got Jessica Jones next year and then like Luke Cage and Iron Fist in 20, that would be like 17, I guess. Both of them like six months apart. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'm just going to be so bummed if Iron Fist is last. And I think it's going to be. They already, they already said it, it was. Yeah. So. yeah, it's a bummer. Well, it lasts before the but Defenders, but it's cool. Anyway. I'm so sad. I think we're all excited. I'm, yeah. excited. I'm really excited. It's really soon, actually. Yeah. I will not be taking the day off of work, but I'll watch like the first two back to back, and then I'll give it a break because I, w- I want to savor them you a little bit, sp- space them out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I'll probably start watching them and then just end up being like, oh, I accidentally watched seven of these. <laughs> but we'll see. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, an Ant Man trailer. Came yeah, out. yeah. You guys watched it. What did you think? Um, <laughs> I wasn't like blown away by the. T- I mean, I don't think anybody was that blown away by the trailer. That, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, I, it didn't do anything to make me go, oh, God, this movie looks horrible by any means. There were a couple cool shots in it. Um, I think it made everybody go, okay, like, yeah, good. 
It it's not going like it's on yeah, the right track. It's probably not going to be a complete piece of crap. Uh, that, that's the way I felt afterwards. Like this is good. It's a very strange trailer. Like I, I did not love it the first time I watched it. I was very like, hmm, mm-hmm. hmm okay. And the more I watched it, the more I liked it. Kind of once I could savor some of the details because it, it a lot of it cuts pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but it does a good job of kind of showing you what it's going to look like, and I think it looks solid. A lot of the effects moments and like action stuff is super duper out of context to where I'm just like I can't even understand like what is What's happening, going on. especially because it's so disorienting. Because he's, I mean, there's a sh- there's a shot of him riding a flying ant, which is yeah. which is amazing. That's the one moment where I was like, <laughs> that was really sweet. But it's super. I have no idea what's going on, and and uh, the movie is going to have to do a, a great job of keeping you on board for those moments because he's, I mean, he's small enough to ride a flying in. He's, yeah. he's going real small in this movie. Yeah. There was a still from the movie. I don't know if you saw it where it's him standing in a bathtub, like, like on the bottom of a bathtub. That was concept art. Was that but concept yeah. art? Oh, it looked yeah. like a still. But it's amazing. It was yeah, really that cool. That concept art alone maybe because I always really dug the movie. I mean, I, we've talked about this on the podcast before, I think like years ago that I, Ant-Man is my favorite Avenger so mm-hmm. far in the, in the movies. It's, you know, I've really loved what they did with Thor, but, um, as a kid, I always really dug the movie The Incredible Shrinking Man because that idea of even making that movie back in like the 50s was really interesting. I was like, how did they do it? How did they have yeah. them like fending off a spider and then like getting around was very cool. But the whole idea of what would you do if you were that small has always been really interesting to me and <clears throat> the things you could do with it visually. And so a lot of that concept art they released for him. And there was also one of him standing like, it was like the camera was looking out from a, a, an anthill like hole, and he's like standing right at the mouth of it. It was pretty sweet. Hmm. So I think a lot of the a lot of the action and spectacle stuff is going to be cool. And they talked about how they they filmed it, and it's really interesting hmm. how a, it is predominantly not green screen. Hmm. Um, so it's uh, I the trailer's cool. It definitely is a little more serious than I think people thought it was going to be. But without Edgar Wright, I kind of want it to be a more serious movie. If that makes any sense, yeah. And someone, this is probably going to be controversial, but someone raised a pretty interesting point on Slash Film because they were like, we've, they're like, is anybody else kind of okay with Edgar Wright not doing this anymore? Because they said the only comic book thing he's really tackled was Scott Pilgrim, and I did not like Scott Pilgrim, is what the person said. Yeah. And a bunch of people actually were like, yeah, I, I kind of agree with the Scott Pilgrim portion, and I, and I do too. I don't, I've never read the comic, but I didn't really like the movie Scott Pilgrim. So I I almost wonder if in some weird way this is going to work out for the better because it's not going to be super Edgar Wrighty. I think I think and Scott. It, Pilgrim, it obviously it de- it depends on what they want to do with the character down the road. Like if he yeah. if he's going to be in uh, like Civil War and that it's maybe they made the right decision. But I I feel like Scott Pilgrim is like such a different monster. It is in terms of Edgar Wright's work, and in terms of compared, to, like even the comic compared to Marvel Comics or DC Comics, is so like totally different that I don't think those. I don't think he saw it and was like, "Oh, I'm going to treat this the way I ta- I, I treated Scott Pilgrim." Like I think it's a different. Fair he point. he would he would have done. It would have been a totally different bag of tricks in my. No, opinion. yeah, for sure. But there were there were people that like liked the comic but didn't like the way the movie was done. Yeah, and that's that's fair. And, and I thought that was interesting. I'm not. I don't know. I I wish it was Edgar because I think it would have given us a unique Marvel movie. Yeah, but um, you know, I I don't. It's the hardest thing about the whole Ant Man thing for me is that it feels like nobody wants to make the movie anymore. Nobody wanted to do it. 
Like it, it, it was like Feige didn't even want to do it anymore. Like Marvel's just like oh, that was very is, frustrating. We're gonna hide this in between the two <clears throat> phases, and Ant Man may not pop up again after this movie. But I hope I hope it is good because the trailer I think was was it's a weird trailer, like I said, and I hope it wasn't just made to make people go, oh okay, that looks okay, and it's really just a big turd. Well, and the weird thing is, uh, I was listening to the CAG cast where sometimes they talk about movies and trailers and things, and they brought up the Ant-Man trailer and the main guy, who's generally pretty cynical about everything, is basically just like, yeah, what are they going to, I mean, the trailer, whatever, What are they? it's Ant-Man, what are they going to do with him? He can ride ants. Cool. Next. And so I'm worried that that's how a lot of people are going to feel that's about it. That's a really it. unfortunate perspective, and that's that's what I think is one of the missteps with the trailer, is that it didn't give you any like whoa shit moments like there were a few of those in guardians and people were really like what is this like i can't wait but to I'm, see that moment i'm sure that like the the uh the after title card stinger of the next one is probably going to be like something pretty close to what was in that demo reel where he basically like runs down the hallway and then appears and like like that yeah I, they they have to they have yeah. to put some of those big moments in there because i think maybe people's interest is a little bit peaked now they're kind of like oh that was a cool moment when he was really small i think i think it's shrinking to like a tiny tiny itty bitty size is inherently kind of funny yeah i think it's a funny concept so i think like you said like they have to see that he's still strong when he's small and Mm -hmm. he can yeah that he's not yeah like he won't just get stepped on and die yeah you know so that's that's important because it's there are a lot more rules to his shrinking than i think a lot of people know about yeah and that was the one missed up with the trailer. It lays out the story pretty well, and it gives you a good taste of like all the actors, but it doesn't really show you, like, hey, Ant-Man's actually really cool. Yeah. and I feel like that's what they needed to do. Like, they, that, absolutely, that's the they most did. Important. So the next trailer needs to be, like, action-heavy. Yeah. And maybe they're still working on some of that stuff because mm-hmm. some of the CG still looks a little weird in, yeah. in this one. So maybe they're kind of like... And they are calling it a teaser. Like, even on their official YouTube show, they're going, it's an Ant-Man teaser yeah. trailer. And it's short. It's like a, it's ninety seconds. Yeah, and it's pretty much all Michael Douglas. So, <laughs> which was really good. Actually. Which is totally cool. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> he looks great. He looks real good. Super good. rugged. So I mean, I yeah, it did it did a good job of tempering my my fears for now. Interesting. It's just been such a roller coaster with this movie. Yeah. In general, and like for me personally, I've just been like, oh my god, what to think? It'd be cool to go like because I usually I try to tag every every podcast post with what we talk about, even in like the news. And I think hopefully, if you search for Ant Man, you can kind of find all the episodes where we've touched on a piece of Ant Man news. It would be interesting to go back and yeah, because this movie's been in development for almost like a decade. Yeah, feels like. All right, uh, last thing, uh, Stallone has announced that Rambo: Last Blood. Is the title of the supposed final Rambo movie and will be coming after the Creed film, which is forthcoming as well. Uh, this is closer to your guys' hearts as I have not seen a single Rambo movie. What? So you should at least see First Blood. I should watch most of them. It's actually a damn good movie. You yeah. should well, you should watch one and two. Yeah. And three, if you if you get to it, there's there's no harm in that, but it's not like a must And see. four. You should watch four. four. Oh, four is a must see. Yeah. <laughs> you should just watch the whole thing. Listen, we'll just we have to have a Rocky a thon. And then we'll have a Rambo Fest too. Totally. Um, you really have to see a lot of the, the Rockies. I think I I want to watch both. I want to watch. There's a lot of things. You got to get ready for Creed, man. I know they're both good franchises. They are. I mean, I'm, First I'm, Blood is legitimately a very good movie. Yeah. That raises some really interesting. Like, I mean, some people would scoff at the idea of Rambo having social commentary, but it kind of does a little <laughs> totally bit. Totally does. The fourth one super does to the point where it's like kind of goofy. You're kind of yeah. like, okay, I get it. Like, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little over the top. A little on but the, the action in four is so 
absolutely ludicrous. That Amazing. Just Willie, body parts are, everywhere. Are you pumped for Last Blood? Well, here's the thing. So uh, a while back, I mean, a while back, um, <clears throat> Stallone was talking about doing another Rambo movie where he was fighting like genetically engineered super soldiers that could turn yeah. like wolf people. Yep. That I was excited for. That's where you take the franchise. Just say fuck it. Like, because here's the thing: the, the end of the end of Rambo Four or Rambo or whatever the hell the name of it is, John Rambo. John Rambo. Um, is such a perfect ending for that series that if you're gonna make another one, I don't want it to be taken seriously. Like yeah. that should be the one that I can completely ignore. Like as as an actual, it should almost be like fan fiction. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it should be Stallone. The, the ending to. to to John Rambo will probably elicit Alex's tears <laughs> whenever he gets around to it because it is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's I, we were in beautiful. The th- I remember in the theater, I was like, Whoa. In a movie as grotesque as that, oh, True yeah. Beauty is... The movie came out s- almost seven years ago. That was 08. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It is nuts. I remember. I remember them talking about it on TRS. I've told you guys the story that when they went to their screening, people just started chanting USA while the movie was going. That's perfect. (laughs) I wish I was there for that. You think he's going to get just shredded again? Because he's a little fat in Rambo. I don't know what the deal is. You know, that... I didn't it say something about the plot. He's going to fight like Colombian drug lords or something. I don't know. I didn't read it. That's lame. Like, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I kind of agree that it... I remember when he was initially talking about that sci-fi Rambo. I was like, that sounds like an awesome movie, but I don't know if it should be a Rambo movie. Probably but I not. kind of agree with your rationale now that it should just be like Rambo in space. <laughs> I'm, yeah, like, I'm cool with that. Like, that way I can ignore it. It can be its own little, like, thing. Rambo on Mars. <laughs> right. John Rambo, John Rambo Mars. Mars. <laughs> oh, it was, it, if I didn't take that drink, it would have come out. It was like electricity place. just fired around the room. We all, all of our brains were like, nah. I would watch that movie. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I feel like you could put it in like a little tiny little corner away from the rest of the series on your DVD shelf and like. John Rambo of Mars. That's beautiful. That photo, would be really, get on that Photoshop yeah, somebody. He would cut John Carter's head off so fast. <laughs> I mean, they, really, they would work together. But if it came to a fight to the death, Rambo would destroy him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, More than likely. I'm really curious to see where it goes. Did he say if this was something he was going to make this year and release next year? Uh, I don't. I think he just said after Creed. He wants which, to, is he directing Creed, Creed? No. No, Creed is the guy who did Fruitvale. Ryan... But Stallone's not in it, is he? Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. He, uh, what's his oh, name? Oh, he trains Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan comes to him and says, hey, he, like... What is he, like, grandson of Apollo Creed? Yeah, he's his grand, grandkid. I think he's going to be an MMA fighter, and he's like, hey, I need boxing skills from wow. you, bro. Michael B. Jordan as an MMA fighter is going to be... There's some lean guy, lean MMA fighters, though, so... I could see him bulking up, though. He, he could probably get He big. just seems like such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm ex- that, I'm, I'm really excited for that, like... I'm, I'm, I'm interested because it, it's the next like step in like professional fighting, but Rocky Balboa training an MMA fighter does not make it. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's if he's teaching him boxing, that would make sense. Like that part of his game, you know what I mean? He's going to teach him to be a striker. And if Rocky's working with other trainers, because I mean, MMA guys nowadays they they learn wrestling, they learn. Uh, judo and every, all that stuff. It's, yeah, I guess. So it'd be cool if he's like, hey, you know, like. If, if his mom opened up a book, like, look at this picture. Oh, who's that guy with grandpa? You know, it's like, oh, that's Rocky. Ooh, Balboa. you just gave me some goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. And, and apparently, apparently, Stallone said that Rocky may or may not be ill in this movie, which is going to be brutal. <laughs> like, I, I, See, again, though, the ending to Rocky Balboa is so but, good. But this one can kind of feel like a coda, though. Like, it doesn't have to feel like it. You know what I mean? That's true. It's kind of its own thing. So, oh, Rocky Balboa is amazing. 
It's it is. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> smile. All right, uh, more You're missing out, Alex. More on our Rocky retrospective and our Rambo retrospective. Oh God, yes. Later on. <sighs> yeah, it's coming in. Yeah, we'll we'll ha- we'll have to do that. Yeah, that needs to happen. But we should move on to our review. Uh, our review this <sighs> week is Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice, which stars Joaquin Phoenix, Josh Brolin, Owen Wilson, and a ton of people. Yeah. Uh, the IMDb synopsis says, In 1970, drug-fueled Los Angeles detective Larry Doc Sportello investigates the disappearance of a former girlfriend. Yeah. Um, Pretty much. So we've talked about two PTA films in the past. Look for our reviews of Magnolia and The Master mm-hmm. uh, in, in the previous feed. But um, this is one of those movies that we wanted to watch before we made our top ten of 2014. And uh, you'll have to see if it makes it onto any of ours. But I think you'll have an indication after today whether or not it will be. Nick, how'd you feel about Inherent Vice? To to be to get it out there right off the bat, like I had really high expectations for this movie. I don't, I've never seen a Paul Thomas Anderson movie I didn't really like, if not love. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorite directors, and. Uh, this has been well chronicled on the podcast. Yep. I really did not like Inherent Vice very much at all. <laughs> and at this moment, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of open to watching it again to see if I like it a little bit more. But when I left the theater and for the subsequent 24 hours the, afterward, I was like pissed actually, like just felt it, it it's, it's a, it's a really, really talented director just wasting himself because Paul Thomas Anderson is amazing at a lot of at a lot of things that a lot of other directors wish they could pull off mm-hmm. he can juggle and he's shown he can juggle these crazy ensemble casts and give each character their due time and flesh them out and granted sometimes it takes him like three hours to do it he's got these crazy <laughs> long movies but this movie's not it's knocking on two hours and 45 minutes it's pretty damn long and None of that grace is in this movie. Like there are, well, it's under two and a half. So way, is it? I thought yeah. it was two thirty. It's something. like two twenty-eight. Oh well, okay. Two minutes shy of it. Yeah, two twenty. None of that's is on display in this movie, though. There are so many characters that come and go, and and it's not, and, and they're just reduced to like plot devices, yeah. which this whole movie has to be taken with with. I think you have to go into it understanding that it's it's definitely his version of a noir mm-hmm. and it's probably intentionally very confusing yeah. and 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 unusual but I accepting those things if they are true I I don't think that makes it okay though like I don't think it works and you can watch a movie like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with the understanding that you're watching that and it and it kind of works cuz you're like okay you kind of feel like you're along but in this movie, it just feels like insanely disconnected. Hmm. And I want to know what happened because there's a ton of shit in the trailer that is not in the movie. And <clears throat> I don't, maybe watching the trailer clouded my expectations for this movie because the trailer very much touts it as like kind of a fun romp through like 70s LA and it makes it seem like much more fun than it is. And it, it definitely has funny moments, but there are huge like yawning chasms between those funny moments of just boring <laughs> shit. And I'm someone who enjoys the master and and 
there will be blood and well pretty much everybody does but and magnolia and it's got these they, all those movies have these long gaps of just like a lot of heavy dialogue and character but the movies are always made with such skill and it's like watching a, like a woodworker make a fine like piece of furniture by hand and this movie just feels like he threw a bunch of blocks into a wood chipper and <laughs> shat out the bunch of product and was like here you go this is what you wanted like it feel it just feels like none of that was here and i don't i don't understand i don't know why that happened because i thought this was like a pet project of his yeah and i've read i did a ton of reading last night from people trying to understand like what they thought and there are a lot of people that are like this movie's only really good. Like anyone who says they really like the movie and they haven't read the book is like tricking themselves into thinking they like it. <laughs> like the only way to like this movie is reading the book because you understand all the characters, you know all the jokes, and you're in on everything. And they said it, it. If you don't know that, you are just lost. And that's exactly how I felt. And I'm I'm not bad at going to the movies, and I'm not bad at paying attention to a movie. Like I even was trying to be really attentive during Only God Forgives, but <laughs> this. So much of this, I was just like, "What the? What is going on?" Like, I wanted to look around and be like, "Are people still watching?" Because I, I was kind of like, "Oh my, what is?" I felt like just horrified. Yeah, that so much of it is just so discombobulated and doesn't make any sense, and it's just so list, just aimless, and it just was really distressing. And none, of, and even if even if the story did suck and his like usual technical like razzle dazzle was on display, I would have liked that. But there, there's not a there's like two interesting shots in this movie and there are people going, Oh, the cinematography is amazing. And I was like, what, when <laughs> so much of it just feels very, there were a couple of shots that were like, I was like, wow, there you go. But uh, even his pairing with Robert Ellswood in the past has been really like bore really amazing fruit and they've worked really well together. And this movie just feels very like a lot of it feels very uninspired. And there's just like, put the camera in the room, press record actors act. And that's barely an over an exaggeration because there are a ton of scenes where the camera doesn't move and people just talk to each other. Just a very slow push in. Very slow. Yeah. And and sometimes just weirdly unmotivated. We're just like, we'll bypass actors who are talking and just focus weirdly on one and it never feels interesting. Hmm. So it feels like a huge miss to me. And maybe if I watch it again, I'll be like, okay, now I kind of know what to expect and I can kind of suss out. But the movie almost kind of gives you the finger at times and it's like, you're not going to follow this any better than this character because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on, so you don't get to know either. And that, while that's kind of cute and like a novel idea, I just uh, I'm I'm disappointed. And it, again, it feels like a waste of talent. It feels like some amazing athlete being like it's, it's like Michael Jordan playing baseball. Like <laughs> you're kind of okay at that, but <laughs> be serious here. <laughs> you're a basketball player. And the funniest little snippet I read: um, somebody said that this movie is like too many cooks like and i was like that's perfect because all these characters keep coming in and you don't know why and then they're gone and you don't know why and it's just very confusing and when it ends i'm like i kind of got it but i still don't really know what happened that's kind of exactly how i feel for this movie all right so that was way too long sorry but i had to get it out willie willie cool. what did you think of inherent vice um i'm I feel mostly the same way Nick does. I'm not as big of a PTA fan as he is. I mean, I like his movies, but I haven't seen all of them. I don't know. Um, when he is trying to... He, okay, he's kind of a master of taking uh, jokes or gags or... A master? <laughs> oh, Sorry. Uh, or ta oh, taking, oh. taking funny scenes that normally, by a lesser director, would just be gross-out humor or... Um, Okay, like for example, the William H Macy's wife in Boogie Nights mm -hmm. in the driveway. From a lesser director, it would just be this raunchy scene of 
somebody getting plowed, right? But P- what PTA does with that humor is it's always, there's always an undercurrent of intelligence and character development within the humor. And I love it. I love it. Magnolia, too. There's some hilarious moments in Magnolia, even though it's a very sad movie. <laughs> there are some very funny parts. And... But they're always they're never there just to be there for joke's sake. Yeah. This one I felt like he that that's kind of gone. I don't I feel like he reaches he reaches moments of comedy and of um levity that are similar to movie like Boogie Nights. But there's not an undercurrent of intelligence. It's just stupidity. <laughs> for me, I I, yeah. I thought um and that's disappointing because I know he can do better. Um the performances are really good. I can't knock those. Uh, everybody's everybody's good. Mm-hmm. Um, even people that really should have had more time to do something. Uh, I'm not sure why they cast certain people in this movie because yeah. why? They probably just wanted to work with PTA and that was about it. Yeah. Um, Josh Brolin is the best thing <laughs> in the movie. Um, I disagree. I think Joaquin's hair is the best thing in the Joaquin's movie. hair is really good. I like when he when he does his hair. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yep. Um it happens early on. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's gonna ruin the movie for anybody. Um It'll give you something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's it's quite a visual. I don't know, you know, it's 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 probably a movie that people who do drugs are really gonna like. But I don't do drugs. So it's not for me. That's fair. That's really honestly like I know it's a stupid review of this movie no, but, I'm, I, but it's not it's it's this this movie is is like walking through somebody's bad trip while they're trying to solve a mystery. That's exactly what it is and I don't like that feeling. <laughs> like I I don't need to be the director should be in control of the movie that I'm watching. Yeah. But I want him to hand me the steering wheel every once in a while so I feel like I'm not losing grip on the story. And this one's just like nope, fuck you. It's like Winter Soldier, just yanking the steering wheel out of my car. <laughs> you know, like I don't. Uh, so I, I I need some control over some mental grasp on what's going on. And this one, I was like, <laughs> I checked out. I was like, yeah. all right, whatever. Interesting. I don't know. Not for me. Sorry, PTA. <laughs> Not for me. I like this movie quite a bit. I still do, You're even stoner. after ruminating on it. I'm not a stoner. I haven't smoked any weed before ever in my life. Is this is maybe that's your inner being is a, like 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 internally like if like alter alternative Alex from a different dimension is like a like the dude basically. Maybe maybe that's what's going on. Maybe if, maybe I'm finding my call. No, I don't know. But I I don't know the things that I like about this movie. I like the idea that you. Um, I think the characters that kind of come in and fall away are a lot like in an investigation when you get a shitty lead and you try to follow it up and you're like, oh, this goes nowhere. That, to me, is kind of the the purpose of that function. Like, the fact that all the threads don't come together in the end and tie a perfect bow is perfect because that's not how, like, a, like PIs don't get that story. And if they did, their job would be easy. So I kind of like it from that perspective. And real like I really didn't have that much trouble connecting the dots. I don't feel like I was left in the wind. I feel like when you go through and you think about certain events and people and things and organizations and whatnot that are in this movie, you can start to try to connect the dots into why events started happening the way that they started happening. And I think it's I think it's all there. And although I may not be able to sit down and chart it all out right now, 
I think there is enough connective tissue in the hole to really find out exactly what went on, which I think I honestly, and I'm, I'm not saying this personally about either of you. I think if you watch this movie and you sit down and say, this just makes absolutely no sense at all that you're not even giving the slightest bit of effort to really try to understand it. Cause I, like I did not walk out of this movie being like, what the hell happened? I was like, wow, that was interesting. Like, the way that the events unfolded and maybe it's me implying certain motivations and things that happen, but I think it's there. I think it is. And I, and I, I, I hope that both of you might give it a, like a rewatch at some point. Maybe you will come back at some point and, and think, well, maybe it's all there. And maybe, and Nick, I think you're absolutely right. There are a lot of choices here that are basically PTAs. Like I'm not making a movie. This is a play. I want you guys to act, go and act. And maybe that doesn't make a very strong movie. And, and 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 it doesn't like it, it can though it may and yeah i think it can but he can't it's not that's his, not, that's in not his, his skill bag set. of tricks no and, and that that might be completely true but in the idea of that like i i read or i watched a video that that they had posted on slash film about him talking about the the scene with him and reese witherspoon on the bench talking and he's like we tried to shoot it at a diner, and I had the shot of we recorded Joaquin doing it, and then we recorded Reese doing it, and it just wasn't working to me. And then we saw this bench, and I was like, how about you guys go sit there and, 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 and have the scene play out, and we'll do it that way. And I like the idea that the actors get to control the scene at that point. But that may not add up to a very satisfying cinematic experience, and I totally understand that. That makes sense to me. I can see how this would be disappointing after seeing things like there will be blood and um, Magnolia and even the master in the sense of like, you're not really getting to see this auteur put his mark on the story that is portraying. But to me, I didn't have that big of an issue with it because I was very, I felt very enraptured by all of the characters or the, the important characters that were being set in front of me. Like I thought it was interesting and I, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the ride that this movie put me on. Whether or not I'm going to become a stoner, I don't know. Report back in episode 500 of the mm, Midwest Film News. Don't do it. When it's just me smoking a joint and then sitting in front of a microphone and talking about absolutely nothing for the, I think the problem now. is I, I understand where you're coming from and I understand the aim there. If, if that was his intention, like if I watched an interview with him and he, he stated pretty much all those things... There's nobody in this movie to root for. There's nobody in this movie that's compelling. There's nobody that's like that I'm interested in. And he can take a movie. You don't have to have good people even necessarily to make them compelling. Because like there will be blood is about like one of the worst people ever. Most of his movies are full of horrible people. Yeah, but you want to watch it because he has a way of making them interesting and making them compelling. And there's nobody in this movie that's interesting. Josh Bowen is probably the most interesting. And even then, it's only because he's kind of like a stupid asshole who you just kind of point and laugh at. But like I'm not, I'm not actually curious in his journey or his character. And Joaquin's yeah. character again, he's just a stupid stoner that you like laugh at when he falls and covers his butthole with his hands so the police don't kick him. Like <laughs> that's funny, and I'm like laugh at. I, I'm like okay, I enjoy you the way I enjoy Pee Wee Herman, but that's not like that's not a compelling story to me. Well, like the thing, like I, <laughs> I kind of like rummaging around in like the past of that character being like. How in the hell does this guy have an office and a dentist's office? Yeah, there are. There like, are what, how did that happen? How is he successful enough to make that? What What did he do to make that happen? Like, 
those little notes, and that's not a lot. Like that's not enough to carry me through this. And movie, I agree; but. those are all things I would normally be like. You know this that I'm I'm no stranger to to watching put, movies yeah, that I'm willing work. to put in the work. Yep. This movie just doesn't make me care about anybody. The only thing I'm kind of curious about that makes me kind of I mean I do kind of want to read the book because I hear it's way better, mm. and I'm I love like a good detective yarn, and I'm kind of interested in the relationship between. Bigfoot and uh, Doc mm-hmm. because they have kind of a weird like yeah. they're kind of friends and it seems like they went to high school together and they have like a history it's very interesting but that's like literally it like <laughs> Catherine Waterston her character is kind of a dick and like not very interesting and she has one of the more interesting scenes in the movie only because it's so unusual and yeah. her performance is really intense so she's really good and so is and Everybody's good at making these characters, but just most of them I don't really care about. I'm just yeah. like, I don't really give a shit what happens to that character. Like, I don't, I want, I don't, I don't really, I'm not concerned with your beginning, your middle, or your end. You're just kind of there. So it's it's almost like watching Paul Thomas Anderson try to make like a Daisy Confused type movie. Like you're not, and even then, like those characters you can kind of root for because <laughs> Richard Linklater in, injects some humanity into them. These guys all just feel like it feels like parody. A lot of it, even down to some of the scenes, feel like kind of a. Kind of a naked gunish riff on like noir films, like the the alleyway talk between him and Owen Wilson is very like goofy and like overtly foggy. Yeah. And normally I would be really into that. I'd be like, this is funny, but I was just like, man, I already don't care. And it's like thirty five minutes into the movie, so uh, he just I think he really missed the mark. I'm glad that that you bought into it and and kind of like his like what he's doing. Yeah. But it just again it feels and and maybe shame on me for expecting another movie in the vein of Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, but that's kind of what he's good at, and and his has, mo- his movies all have, like you said, he's kind of an auteur. His movies all have a feel, but they're all very different movies. Yeah, but I feel like this would be if I bought a ticket to go see a Terrence Malick movie, and it was like an Adam Sandler comedy, and I'd just be like, what? That's not what I wanted. Like I wanted a little something, and again, maybe that's that's you know shame on me for that. I, if if Paul Thomas Anderson, and again, I I do want to do more reading on it, and yeah. I want to read his thoughts, and if he explains why he made it and then i watch it again maybe i'll go oh shit it's genius but i, I just don't know if i care enough to make it that much better That's it reminds fair. me of like 10 years ago when napoleon dynamite came out i thought it was hilarious and really fascinating and i told this uh, this guy he's like oh that movie sucked i hated it <laughs> and i was like you should watch it again i'm like it really grows on you he goes why would i watch something i hated again because i don't care he's like i have other things to watch and i was like yeah, I accept your point. <laughs> like that's a yeah. great point. You don't need to. You don't need to like it just because I like it. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's how. Like, I, I. When I say that, I would hope that you would give it another watch. It's mostly because I know how much you like Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, I, know, I, think, I, I own all of his other movies, and this one feels like a. Just I couldn't put it on the shelf with the other ones. <laughs> I don't know. I find it very interesting how we walked out of there. There was some movie where the roles were, were reversed in the past few months that I didn't want to put the work in, but you did. And I don't remember what it was, unfortunately. Neither do I. But I find it Painting interesting. Uh, well, painting game, absolutely. <laughs> I think honestly, everything there's no you, work to be done. Every, with that one. Everything you said about painting game is like what, or, or that you said about this is. I feel like is something I said about painting game. <laughs> like I can't care about the characters. I don't know what's going on. Like it's all you're all. It's like you're repeating my argument for painting. <laughs> yeah. That movie is so much more upfront with its intentions, though. This one feels... It started off great. I'll say that. The first, like, 20 minutes, I was a 1,000% in. Yeah. I was like, this is really cool. And it starts off kind of like you said, the little threads, the leads come in. Maybe they're nothing. Maybe there's something. And then it just kind of 
unraveled and fizzled out. And I was like, oh, oh, oh wow. Any final thoughts before Spoiler Terry? No. I'll take that as a no then. All right. We will uh, we'll be right back after we cross into Spoiler Terry. Here we are in Spoiler Terry for Inherent Vice. Nick, you had a scene you wanted to talk about? Yeah, there was one scene that pretty late in the movie that actually made me sit up and go, wow, that was great. Um, when he like jailbreaks from uh, yeah. Adrian, whatever. Adrian, it was baller as hell. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian Prussia. Yes, that sequence was really cool. And it was the one scene where I was like, oh, wow, he's actually a detective. Like He did something smart. He had yeah. a, a lockpick with a very specific uh, name on it. Yeah. That was really fascinating. That was a cool character moment, but you know, I was like, wow, he's actually somewhat competent. And that whole sequence was really cool. And it had one of the best jokes in the trailer with the, I hit you. Yeah. Like, that was really good. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this whole sequence is cool. And then like kind of some of the twists, some of the motivations starting to get revealed with, with mm-hmm. Bigfoot wanting to knock these guys off and get revenge on that guy for killing his partner and like stealing all the Coke and the, the following shot of him just with, mountains of it piled up in his apartment and then it got a little bit of steam going mm-hmm. at the end there but by then it was pretty far gone and i was yeah. like i'm just glad the movie's ending soon i could kind of feel that it was coming to a close and ooh, the final shot of the movie i hated what was it it is the fakest like car interior oh yeah. it was just it was really haggard i was like man the really super ghetto car scene in frailty is way better done <laughs> and I was just like, what a sour way to end the movie. Like, if it had ended with this shot of him, like, which, again, it was a very funny moment, finally, when he was like, how long have you been working for a Golden Fang? And they just walk away and, like, flip him off. And mm-hmm. then like, he flips. I was like, should have just ended there. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, liked that. But showing him uh, getting Koi back to his family was was kind of nice. And even then, I was confused by why that was, like, the objective of the movie. I was like... I don't think it was the objective of the movie necessarily. I think it was just an opportunity that he saw because, like, Bigfoot was going to get the baddies, and uh, and um, he just kind of saw that he had this leverage against the Golden Fang and the, and that and that people and that he'd be able to get him out and made it happen again. And it, it's interesting if he was painted throughout the movie more as an actual detective who wants to solve crimes and solve problems i would have bought it because i would have been like wow he wants to get this guy back to his family but in the movie it just felt really unmotivated because i thought why would he not just take a ton of money and buy a shitload of weed with it like that's more the decision i expected him to make and so when he chose that i was like that's really noble but i don't understand why it feels i almost i almost got the impression that he didn't need any of the money that he was doing it all for fun like to me it made it made me feel like maybe his first dealing with with uh Japonica's father was just gave him so much money that he could do whatever he wanted with and maybe he was a stoner and he solved crimes when he could on his on the side. Like, I guess, but like explain that to me. Or like mm-hmm. give me That's, a yeah. compass yeah. in this like wilderness. Yeah. Because, like, if you can just happen to find your own way or make a path that feels right, then that's that's good. But I think I'm just still standing in the middle of the woods, like, just being like, fuck it, I'm going to build a house out here and just I'm abandoned forever. <laughs> like, it it just was, there was no bearing. But I, and I almost think, and I know you're going to be like, <laughs> I almost think I would have liked the movie better with Robert Downey Jr., though, as the lead. No, and I, I don't. Because <sighs> I think he would have played it with a little more intelligence and maybe a little more. Like Joaquin really played like a full tilt, 
yeah. stoner hippie. And I think Downey might have been like, I want to play him like with a little more edge to him, with a little more drive, because Downey is good at playing characters with that hunger. Yeah. Like his character in Zodiac is very much like what I would have imagined. And, and even his Sherlock Holmes, which I pretty much hate, he at least has that like crazy drive. And it would have been cool to watch Downey like tweaking out on some oxygen, but then being like, I want to solve this shit. Yeah. And Joaquin was wholly capable of doing that. Like he, I'm by no means knocking his acting. Joaquin is, you know, but he just, that's not the choice. That's not that the choice made. he made. And I'm not sure whether that was him or PTA, but I know that, Initially, Downey was like, he was in. He was 100% in. And the PTA was like, JK, I want to work with Joaquin again. And Downey's only real comment was he was was viewed by PTA as maybe a little bit old because he's like almost 10 years older than Joaquin. And Joaquin almost felt too old for the people he was hanging out with. Yeah, because Shasta feels young despite the fact that she's like like 30. 30 30-ish, yeah. yeah. And I think that maybe casting somebody with a little less gray in the chops might have been... Good too, but Joaquin was was good. It just I don't think, like the master. When I walked out of that, I was like, hell yes, that was the movie for him. That was the movie to make your comeback to acting with, like your big. But this movie, I didn't feel like this was a perfect marriage of actor and character. Hmm. And some of the physical comedy was he was was good, but I almost want a little bit more of that. Yeah. And there, there's again, there's more of it in the trailer that's not in the movie, and that was kind of a drag. I still haven't watched the trailer yet. I should go take. It's a, look a at wonderful it. trailer. Yeah. And. uh I'm I'm curious to know though what it would have been like with Downey in the lead. No, I think that would have been interesting. I after like having seen the judge, I I don't. Well, he already did the neo noir thing so well with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that I think he would have he would have slid right into this role pretty well. And I would have liked to see him almost as like a kind of you're too old hippie. Like you should be a little more serious. But I do not think the chemistry between Brolin and Downey would have been as good. That's true. As between Joaquin and Brolin. So Joaquin was so befuddled around him all the time. Just yeah. looking at him like, what are you? Yeah. No, it would have been interesting to see to, the, to see Johnny, Downey Jr. And I just would be, I'm really worried that we're getting like, we have this brand of Downey Jr. that we're getting now. That's, that just feels like he has a little bit too much say in, in his, in the movies that he ends up being in. And he tries to play with the role a little more than he really needs to. Sure. And, and people are giving him too much quarter where he maybe shouldn't have as much. But did that happen in the judge? I I think so. I think so. To me, it feels very like it's less that Robert Downey Jr. is disappearing into these roles, and it's more that Robert Downey Jr. is making these roles into him, kind of. But this isn't a review of Robert Downey Jr. So. Well, he's he is pretty notorious for like coming with his own ideas. To yeah, and yeah. Like wanting to wanting to be involved in character and, and writing and that. So. I think that's okay, but but I think a director needs to put his foot down if, if it's something that doesn't work best for the character. Yeah, yeah. or for the director's vision. Style, so. yeah. now, and I, I wanted to say a little bit, I, this didn't necessarily need to be in the spoiler chair. I forgot to say that I liked the soundtrack, even though you guys were like, yeah. I felt just, like, my, my thing wasn't the, the song choices. I thought they could have done more with it. Especially yeah. since it was such like a seventies stoner yeah. movie, like yeah, it would have been a little cliche to have some of that stuff in there. But like, where like my where's my hippie music? Like, there wasn't a lot of that. It felt yeah. like you know. So I was surprised. I don't know. I yeah, was surprised I, I, I like I kind of liked the exposure to Neil. Whenever Neil Young is around him, yeah, it I'm, felt yeah. it felt like eons too between like music. Like I honestly could not even hum a single note of the original score of this movie. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. At all. Like, I'm not even sure there was one. I think it might just be a giant joke. And Johnny Greenwood's like, because, <laughs> <laughs> like, his. You paid me for nothing. Yeah, his score for There Will Be Blood is very, like, it's there and it's an important part of the movie. And The Master was very much there. But people are like, oh, Johnny Greenwood's score for 
her inherent voice is amazing. And I'm like, screw you. No, it's not. Mm. Stop fan wanking. Be for real. There's... Yeah, like I, I don't I, score wise. I don't. But I'm talking like yeah. I know source you're saying source wise. music. Yeah. But no, but what I, was there was good. It just felt really sparse. Yeah, and I agree. Like I, I don't. I have no idea what the actual. Also, did score anyone else think? And I'm pretty sure it was the actual exterior of the Golden Fang building was the most like hideous CGI creation. That was just. I was looking for it, and it didn't bother me that much. Oh God, was it bad? Because because I, I remember seeing. I was like, how in the hell did they film both of these scenes in this time span that they did? Because well, people. <laughs> People online were talking about a, just a huge CGI distraction, like in the middle somewhere. And I was like, it had to have been that building because it distracted the Christ out of me. As soon as he comes on that corner, and it was just like not like tracking well, almost like Wolverine's claws in the wall. Wow. I, was I just didn't like, notice that right away. I was like, ew. I might have been a bit too befuddled with that trick because, like, right before you see it, like it was a great transition. Yeah, and it was a clever way of her like leaving him a clue. Yeah, that was. I was like, okay, that's neat. Yeah, this movie would seriously go for spans of like 20 minutes, though, without me being interested. And then something would happen, and I'd be like, oh, that was cool. All right, I'm yeah, back I, in. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I almost fell asleep a few times. And I think I was a little tired going into it, so it's probably partially my fault. But Taco Bell coma. Yeah, a little food <laughs> coma, yeah. But but um, I, I'm, I'm, I have to agree with Nick on that. I There were things that would jolt me out of my days, and then I'd be like, okay, I'm back in it. Like That's that. really interesting because I feel like my attention span is very fleeting, and yet for some reason I was totally, totally like they it grabbed me in the beginning, and I was along. This review is as befuddling as the film itself. Sure, is it sense. as befuddling as how much I liked Johnny Depp in Tusk? No, no. <laughs> my no. brain is a little on fire. They like this movie this much. <laughs> Maybe it's that stoner mentality, though. Because your attention span is so, so short, with every new scene, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Squirrel? Maybe. Maybe. And I was just like... <sighs> like, it really bums me out when I'm watching a movie, and I'm thinking to myself, I have a lot of work to do. I could be doing that instead, and I thought that a lot. Right? Yeah, that's a bummer. I was like, I, I have a lot of things I need to do this week, and I wonder getting into my time. I wonder if you didn't have that burden if you would have been able to release yourself to it a little no more. because i've had insanely busy weeks and i've made time to go to the movies and i've been a thousand percent in like even like i had a crazy week but, when we went and saw birdman and i and i was like really into it and i'm not i'm not saying that I, i'm not disagreeing that the movie could have done a better job of keeping you interested but i'm thinking maybe you would have wanted to put a little more work in if you just didn't have those those burdens about. No. <laughs> All right. No one has an easier time dropping what I'm doing and just watching a movie than me. Like especially when I'm going to the theater. Yeah. Because it's when I'm watching movies at home that I start to get a little distracted and I think, yeah. oh, I can do this at the same time. Yeah. When I go to the theater, I mean, I I want to turn my phone off. I want to like do not talk to me. Like I'm in this to do this. Like I I paid to be here. I want to be here. I love doing this. And like this movie, I was just kind of like. It was almost like Kick-Ass 2 where I whipped up my phone and started answering emails because that was like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I was at least, you know, I was into the characters a lot more and like in some of what I was seeing, but it definitely had a hard time keeping me in the seat. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up our review of Inherent Vice if we have no other ideas, mm-hmm. nothing else to talk about. I do still kind of want to read the book, though. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in it a little bit, too, but once again... I'm terrible at reading things, so <laughs> there's a lot of things that I would love to read. I just never will because yeah, dumb stoner. Read a book, <laughs> I know. pick up a book. God, I found my true calling. You do have a lot of plants in your house. 
<laughs> None of them are the ganja. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we um, posted the pilot of the Midwest Game Nerd while well, the Midwest Game Nerds podcast in the feed. Please go back and check it out. It came out on Saturday. If you like games or if you know somebody who likes games, please tell them to check it out. Uh, it will have its own feed soon. We recorded the second episode yesterday. It'll probably be out this Saturday. Um, so take a look for that too. Please check it out. Let us know what you think. Feedback at Midwest Game Nerds or MidwestFilmNerds.com. Either way. Um, next week, I don't know what we're doing. It could be American Sniper. It could be um, Black Hat. It could be Selma. Could be any number of things. Is American Sniper going to be here? I don't know yet. Okay. So it might not be American Sniper. I'm but pretty sure it's coming to the I eight. think I think it's wide. If it's here, Friday. I would I would like to do that, please. Okay. Do you agree over Black Hat? Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. We've got an open week next week, too. So whatever we don't do today could end up there. Or we could actually do our top 10 of 2014 next we week. We could. So Knock it out. Or the week after that. So we'll figure it out. Uh, stick tuned to the Facebook, which you can find if you search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. Write us any feedback to feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at MFN Podcast. Uh, we're also on Vine. Search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. Give us a call, 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. Give us a call. We might play it on air and talk about what you have to say. Hey, we'd really like some uh, some feedback. Please let us know that you're out there. Let us know that you're listening on any number of our places. More than just a like. I know you guys like our stuff when I post something on Facebook, but it's nice to interact with you people. And um, look for an article from you guys with your top 10 most anticipated and uh, top 10 of 2014 from the listeners. That'll be up at some point soon. And um, Please rate and review us on iTunes. I haven't said that in a while. If you listen to us and you find us on iTunes or on Stitcher or wherever you find us, the Microsoft, Xbox, Music Store, whatever it's called, I think we're in there, go give us a rating, review us. That helps us out tremendously more than you really know. And uh, we just like hearing that we're doing a good job. So. <laughs> There's no energy in this room other than me. That's okay. Uh, Comics kind of Y. Go watch a movie. Multi Pancake! Multi Pancake! Multi Pancake! Multi Pancake! Hi! 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 We'll